Hello there, and welcome once again to Insight Peterborough. I'm Devin Wilkins. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind, and if you'd like to know more about the CCB, you can send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Well, June, I know we're kind of jumping the gun a little bit, but June is the time for the month-long Great Canadian Giving Challenge. And the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians is hoping that giving is what people will do. I spoke with Chantal Oakes, who is the chair of AEBC's fundraising committee, and we began by talking a little bit about what the AEBC, Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians, is all about. Well, hi there, Chantelle, and welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me, Devin. I believe this makes a few years in a row now, and uh, I'm happy to contribute to um, this edition of your program. Yeah, we, we seem to make a habit of a meeting at this time of year. That's right. <laughs> So just for uh, people who don't know, what is um, the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians? The Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians, AEBC, is a grassroots organization made up of members who are blind, deafblind, or partially sighted Canadians, and we advocate for ourselves, advocating for our rights to um, make sure that we can take part in every aspect of society, um, respecting accessibility, equality, and inclusion. Okay, and how many, how long has AEBC been uh, uh, doing what it does? And um, we have since then formed chapters across Canada to um, help in doing the work as we um, try to participate on various uh, government levels, be it federal, provincial, or municipal. And this helps us, especially when there are community issues to work on. Um, the chapter, if there's a chapter in that area that can assist, uh, that creates a few more voices for us. Mm-hmm. So next year will be the uh, 30th anniversary, won't it? Yes, it will. It's, it hardly seems that long ago, but yeah. um, I guess it has. And there have been many, many stories since then and much work that has been done um, over the years all by many of us who volunteer our time and efforts to ensure that we speak for ourselves in 
being able to participate in anything that we want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many members do you have? I would say somewhere close to the 200 mark. It, it uh, varies up and down a little. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I, I would say that just depending on what issues are being worked on, folks get interested in certain things and they may pull away or they have other organizations they want to try um, helping out, and that's okay. We can't be everywhere, but those of us who are there uh, work hard to make sure our message gets across and um, that, you know, we work hard at being peers to one another to um, share information and uh, help each other out. Right. Did you say you have chapters across the country? We do. Currently, we, and we've had a few more in the past, but as I said, people come and go or they want to try new things. Currently, we have one in Vancouver, Kelowna, um, <clears throat> Ottawa, Toronto, and Halifax. Some of those chapters, while they may have folded, the members are, are a lot of them are still there. They have just chosen. Sometimes it becomes difficult to keep a chapter open if there aren't enough members able to constantly do the work. You know how it is. Um, Lots of members join sometimes, but there's always that few that uh, guarantee that the work gets done, and there have been instances where perhaps um, we're shorthanded a little bit, so if the chapters fold, it might have been for a reason like that, but those people are still members of the organization, and they um, quite often will help with the work on a national level. Members at large, eh? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have committees of, of members uh, working on various uh, tasks? Uh-huh. Yeah, we have some um, committees that um, represent external organizations and partners or affiliates. Um, we have committees that do the work of, um, for example, membership or fundraising. We have perhaps um, a communications committee, um, an IT committee. Um, so, the, the you know, we, we try to address every aspect of what an organization should be doing and uh, to share the workload. We represent external um, organizations or, as I said, partners or affiliates such as the CRTC, the CTA, the um, Canadian Human Rights Commission, um, and um, other folks, you know, that are involved with media. Um, it, it's amazing how many places you could make yourself known and, and how many meetings you could attend and offer information, but unfortunately, as I said, we can't be everywhere, and the workload is heavy at times. Um, and also, if you are a member who has a full-time job, uh, you can only do so much in a day. And so anyone who uh, would like to become a member, we sure would appreciate your help in um, taking on part of uh, the things that we are.
are doing. Now, speaking of uh, membership and that sort of thing, um, how does one become a member? You can go to um, our website, www.blindcanadians.ca. You um, will find a membership form there among a whole host of other uh, pieces of information. And uh, if nothing else, you'll at least find our 1-800 number, um, which will guide you to uh, the secretary who can answer any questions you have, and she would then make sure that you are in touch with the right party to um, continue your quest to become a member, but certainly if you've reached the secretary and you're unable to complete the form online, then she would be able to help with that. Um, <clears throat> otherwise, uh, anyone that you might know as a person who is blind, deafblind, or partially sighted, just uh, get them to help you with the process of becoming a member. Um, we are certainly hoping that uh, that increases from one year to the next, and we certainly would welcome anyone um, who is not blind, deafblind, or partially sighted to join us if you feel that that is something you would like to uh, put your hands into and uh, become a supporter of our organization. Yeah, that would be great. Mm -hmm. Now, do you have... Um Annual memberships, or how does that work? Our membership, yes. we. Um, you would, from October 1st, you can pay your membership for the following year. Um, then that entitles you to obviously be a member for the rest of that particular year. So um, as of October 1st, you would pay your $10 membership fee, or if you choose to pay for a lifetime membership, that is $100. Um, and then that will take you to the following um, end of September, whereby the next October 1st, you um, are due to pay for your next membership fee. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and uh, lately, have you had to have your uh, meetings uh, uh, virtually? Everything has been done virtually. There are no chapters who have been able, well, I shouldn't say no chapters have been able to meet in person. When, at one point, when we were able to, you know, when we're able to meet outside, some of us, uh, I've, I have, for instance, been to a patio meeting, um, but unfortunately, that's not possible for everyone, if, especially if you have a large number of people. Um, in my chapter in Kelowna, there was only a few, so it was very easy for us to sit around the patio and bring our lunch and be able to um, have chapter meetings. Otherwise, yes, everything is done virtually, including our um, upcoming AGM, as we did last year as well. Mm -hmm. And that seemed to work quite well, I thought. I think so. Um, probably so much so that sometimes... I would say it might even be easier for some people to come to a meeting, otherwise being able to attend, if it's only in person, um, it makes it difficult for some to have to go to a meeting. However, I happen to know that most of us at 
participation via Zoom if you'd like, if you couldn't make it to a chapter meeting. And that way um, it allows for more of us to uh, take part. Mm-hmm. It'll be uh, less expensive for a lot of people to do it virtually. This is true, although, you know, having that connection to be able to meet together and a lot of us miss that. So um, let's hope at some point we are able to return to that. And then those who choose to go to an in-person meeting can do so. Now, someone shook my hand the other day, and, and it felt so odd. It hasn't happened in <laughs> yes, 18 we're months. we're not supposed to touch. No, I know. And shakes, and I know it's um, going to be very odd when we're at the point that we're able to do that again. And uh, although it's a good thing, I think some of us are still pretty leery of uh, being able to do that. Yes, now, I understand that a fundraiser, the annual uh, fundraiser um, month is coming up. Can you explain a little bit about that to us? Absolutely. Um, twice a year, Canada Health um, has um, offered a national fundraiser for charities whereby they... Um, facilitate all the donations. And Canada Helps, by the way, I should say, is there all year round. Anyone can make a donation to our organization through Canada Helps all year long. It's just that the month of June, from the 1st to the 30th, they've selected to be um, a special campaign, which they call the Great Canadian Giving Challenge. And during this challenge, they they have offered a reward of $20,000 to the organization whose name is drawn after um, the challenge is over. Wow. So that would be July 1st, the draw would be done. Um, so what we would hope is that if you do plan to give, um, you could do so during the month of June. Every dollar donated is an entry toward um, our organization having the benefit of being entered in that draw, and uh, um, we uh, would appreciate the support. And as I said, we appreciate you donating anytime. Um, Canada Health also has a second fundraiser, which they hold, in December called Giving Tuesday, and we can talk about that another time. Mm -hmm. But for the month of June, they offer this reward, and um, it's, it's just interesting that it can be anyone who wins it. it. You know, it doesn't have to be a larger organization. It could be a small organization. As long as you donate, that creates entries for us to be in that draw, and um, we definitely need the support this year, more so than other years, I suppose. It's been difficult to hold in-person fundraisers, obviously, so we're trying to do everything we can online. Um, there's, you know, there have, been, there have been music fundraisers, there have been trivia night fundraisers, and so on. So we uh, are trying our best to keep up, um, but for us, to raise a little extra money, the, Canadian, the Great Canadian Giving Challenge is definitely um, a campaign that we would like 
to see people participate in, and uh, we, as I said, would definitely appreciate any support you could give us at that time. So would they go to CanadaHelps.org? Okay. Yeah, CanadaHelps.org will lead you to the um, page as well. Um, I believe ABC in our on our page. Um, it uh, will talk to you about the Great Canadian Giving Challenge. Um, on our information where, where we talk about fundraising as well. Yeah. But CanadaHealth.org will definitely take you there. All right. That's great. And that's from June 1st. So uh, we can uh, get ready to launch into giving. Absolutely. Until from June 1st to June 30th, every dollar helps. So whether you're able to donate $25 or $50, it, it's all going to a good cause. We, um, you know, we use our funds to support either our scholarship program, advocacy efforts, um, whether it's for training or um, we, we also use our funds you know, some of them may be used for operational expenses. Um, <clears throat> our general fund certainly could use that, but um, we we appreciate any help that you are able to give. Speaking of uh, advocacy efforts, that was great that uh, Toronto banned the uh, use of e-scooters, wasn't it? And uh, AEBC advocated for that. Absolutely. We were strong in supporting them. Um, it, you know, it's a shame, though, that not every city around us has adopted the same principle mm -hmm. um, because where I live in Kelowna in particular, there have already been some issues um, whereby, you know, one of them was found in the creek the other day. Uh, there's some being left in the middle of the sidewalk, uh, on the grass, or by the bus stop where someone's going to catch a bus. People just have to realize that uh, they're not the only ones. They need to take a look around them and ask themselves whether or not they would be uh, creating a situation that might be dangerous for someone else. Yeah. But unfortunately... Not everyone thinks that way, so we, you know, I'm certainly hoping in our town that we can avoid um, any of those situations, but like anything else, if our voice wasn't strong enough, uh, nor do I remember a lot of noise being made before the council approved it, uh. but in, in Ontario, um, I know that there was a lot of work done to make this happen didn't happen overnight. If, it's, if memory serves me right, we've been discussing this for two years at least. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So and, and while still. Toronto was successful, it wasn't easy. No, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And the Ottawa chapter is still uh, having a go with council over that, I think. Yes. Um, mm. That's what I understand. And, you know, there's they're going to be popular. I understand why people want to use them. Someone was actually 
um, <clears throat> mentioning the other day on the radio that they are a wonderful mode of transportation if you want to look at it that way. You know, you get dressed for work but put on some running shoes and get on the scooter and, and you just can kind of park it anywhere. You don't have to have a parking spot or pay for it, mm-hmm. pay for the use of the scooter, but um, it, it's a means of transportation. Well, that's understood, but there should be better rules of, of you know, being able to employ those things and where you leave them and how you use them, uh, they need to put a little more thought into that. That's just my opinion. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, safety should always come first. Absolutely. Not just for people who are blind, but anybody, seniors, anybody. Well, if one of them comes up behind you and they're going at 30 miles an hour and they think you're going to move left and you move right, you're both going to get hurt. That's for sure, yeah. So and all that takes just a split second. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, the person could move right in a, a moment of panic. Anything mm-hmm. is possible. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm fairly sure that no one means to cause anyone any harm. No. However, um, it's the lack of training, the lack of, of consideration sometimes that uh, um, really rears its ugly head. And if people just put a little more thought into their surroundings and think about people that don't hear them coming because they're quiet, people that don't see them, uh, then, you know, that might resonate a little bit more. Yeah. We, we assume that people who can see us would move out of our way, but um, having lived as long as I have, I know that's not what happens all the time, and I'm sure you do too. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So that was uh, one of the advocacy efforts that uh, uh, was funded by, by dollars uh, donated by people uh, and, of course, lots of volunteer hours. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we've been talking about keeping track of volunteer hours lately, and I think sometimes we're even too busy to remember that. Yes. Because there are days when I can assure you as past president that it wasn't just a two-hour day. Oh, no. Uh, it was more like six or seven some days. Yes. So, and, you know, it's all because we are dedicated to what we do. We are passionate about what we want to see happen, and um, we certainly need more bodies to be able to achieve our goals. Okay, so once again, if people would like to donate to AEBC during the Great Canadian Giving Challenge? That's correct. Yeah. Go to CanadaHealth.org. It will take you to the page that you need to go. You can search for organizations by their name. So under the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians. Or you can also search um, under different um, filters such as education, social services, or I'm not sure if they have one for disability, but we show up in several places. But if you remember the word alliance, at least, or blind, or one of those words, you will be able to find us on the Canada Health site. Terrific. 
Uh, anything else we should be touching on? I think we're good for now. I, I really appreciate you um, asking me to do this again, um, and uh, I'd certainly be willing to speak with you in December or before December, before our Giving Tuesday um, campaign as well. It's, um, it's a good reminder for folks sometimes to, um, uh, you know, participate in uh, helping organizations that are uh, nonprofit and, and, you know, we'd like to give to charities as we do with our scholarship program. We help several students in the past 20 years or so that we've been doing this. Many students have benefited from our scholarship awards. And uh, so if you are inclined to help with that sort of thing, then please be sure to visit the Canada Help site and donate to ABC. All right. Thanks very much, Chantel, for chatting with us. And uh, we probably will see you uh, five or six months down the line again. <laughs> All right. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, here we are, practically at the end of May, and I know it seems like we've talked an awful lot on this show during the month of May about dogs, and we have, because all sorts of fundraisers and virtual things have been going on, and we have one more to present to you. It's the Walk for Leader Dogs for the Blind. And I chatted with Frank Hewitt, who is the incoming president of the East Peterborough Lions Club. On Saturday, June 5th, uh, Frank and uh, John and Lynn Morris, who are hosts of a country show Friday morning here on this very radio station, uh, will be doing a walk for leader dogs for the blind. And so here's what Frank had to say. Well, hi, Frank, and welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you very much, Devin. Can we start back at the beginning and find out what... You know, we've heard about um, uh, the school for dog guides in Oakville and uh, Canadian Guide Dogs for the Blind and that sort of thing. But people may not be quite as familiar with leader dogs for the blind. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, I can. Yeah, it was started in 1939 in uh, down in Rochester, Michigan. It was started by three lions who had an idea. They would, there was one, they had their motivation, sorry, was Dr. Glenn Wheeler, a fellow uptown lion who wanted, they needed a guide dog because he was blind. So they decided, they searched around and they found some property in Michigan and they leased the property for $1 plus the mortgage fees. And it's 14 acres they now have. Um, back then, to, uh, on, uh, in 1939, sorry, the cost to graduate as client and dog team was $600. Wow. Since then, lions all over the world have, are, are supporting them. 
That's great. Thank so, you. so it's been a, a lion's project all along. All the way through. It's three lions that originally got it going, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, was there a, a reason why someone decided uh, that we needed a, a school up here in Oakville? Honestly, I'm not sure, but I think it was due to the fact that we needed, that the need was great. Um, there are other schools around the world, as you know, um, uh, and so it was just it's easier for people to, it just gives another outlet for people to get dogs from. Um, the guide dogs at Leader Dog are mostly trained and raised down there, and they're adopted by people down there. They have other different different programs of adoption. Um, they use the uh, they use the prisons, but they have inmates who train the puppies as well down there, which isn't done up here. Right. Um, so it's, they they just work differently. They also down at Leader Dog, they train the blind how to use the white cane. They train them in um, using the GPS, how to use a GPS when they walk around mm -hmm. as well. So they, and they, they have a blind camp there as well that they hold every summer. Yeah. For uh, teens, I think it is, eh? I'm sorry? For teenagers, I think. Yes, it is, yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a whole different venue, but again, the, the product is all the same. Um, there are many dogs up here in Canada that come from leader dogs, as well as from the guide dog school in Toronto, in Oakville. Yeah, so there are people who still go down to uh, Michigan to be trained, eh? Yes, prior to COVID there was, yes. Now, they just did one, uh, as you as you know, we had one come into Gravenhurst, and, or sorry, into Peterborough here, and it was done um, through a partnership with CNIB, but they were all leader dog. It was a leader dog puppy that was brought to CNIB, and CNIB was able to attend the person's home to train them, to work with the uh, client and the dog together to enable them to, to make sure they got the service that they needed. Because due to COVID, of course, you know, the, um, the trainers from the U.S. aren't able to come across the border and stay right now. Yes, and that that has made it quite awkward. It has, and it's the first time it's ever happened. First time we've ever done this. Um, and I was over with the, with the client that had received this puppy, and it's, it all has worked out wonderful for everyone. Ah, that's good, terrific. Um, so lions here in Canada support both schools then, because people still go from here down to Rochester, Michigan. Yes, many of them do, actually. Um, when you become uh, on the government, I'm sorry, when you get up into district office every year, the second vice district governor, when you become second vice district governor, you get invited down to the, to the, um, to the home, the leader dog for the blind home, to the school, sorry, where you spend the weekend learning and watching and learning more about the dogs and how that works. Then when you become first vice district governor, you are invited to the um, guide dog school up here for a weekend to learn more about their, their um, dogs. Terrific. So yeah. I, I understand that um, there is going to be uh, a walk to raise money for 
uh, leader dogs for the blind. Yes, June fifth, we were, is the walk is a virtual walk again this year. Um, of course, if you live in the U.S., they are holding a live walk, um, and it will be 100 participants at a time maximum. And it begins; it runs all day. But up here in Canada, we're able to do the virtual walk. I am I have registered, um, and I will be going out on June fifth. And I will start hopefully at 9 o'clock in the morning because I like to get up early and keep going before it gets too warm. Mm-hmm. It's a five-kilometer walk. And I will be joined by our, our district uh, leader dog committee chair, Lion John Morris, and his wife, Lion Lynn, on the walk. For the first time this year, they are able to go, are going to give, attempt to go and walk with me. And so... Um, I'm collecting, we're both collecting donations and all that money will go towards supporting a guide dog. All right, that, that sounds good. So um, what should people do if they want to um, make donations? They can go right onto the Leader Dog site, uh, which is leaderdog.org, and go into uh, donations. The far, sorry, fundraising page, and then you can go and you find the person you would like to donate to, and you can click donation to that person for, for their walk, or you can even just go and donate to the uh, organization itself. You don't have to come through the walkers if you don't wish, or if you don't know anybody, that's fine too. We're, we're accepting any kind of donation. It's very simple walk through when you get there. Okay. Is there a deadline to, to make donations for this year's walk? Uh, no, there's not, actually. As long as if you can get it in by the 5th, I'll know about it. Afterwards, they give us about two weeks afterwards before they let us know our final totals. Um, so there's, there's really no deadline if you want to wait till afterwards. That's fine, too, to make sure I do the whole thing and don't cheat. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a particular uh, route picked out? Well, that's an interesting question. Normally I do. I walk from um, from Crawford and Monaghan straight up the end to Jackson's Park. However, this year, because Lynn and John are coming, and both of those are people are blind with their guide dog, I'm hoping to find a trail or a path, a paved path, that will make it easier for them to walk because uh, the sidewalks are not always the uh, most forgiving, we'll say, as you want for a blind mm-hmm. person, unfortunately. And there's a lot of uh, street crossing and stuff. So I just want to think it'll be easier if we can find a trail where they can just walk to their heart's content. All right. That sounds good. And uh, at their own pace or, or whatever. Their own pace, yes. Exactly. Yeah. That sounds great. Thank you. All right. Well, then that'll be, uh, you'll be starting that at 9 o'clock, and uh, you'll probably be finished by uh, 10 or or whatever. Well, normally it would be 10, but I'll be taking my time this year with them, because I want to make sure they experience as much as they can of this as well, Uh, the joy of, of doing this thing. It's a lot of fun. I normally bring along my uh, my cell phone or my video camera, and I tape myself as I walk and talk to the people and promote it all the way through the walk. Okay. Uh, well, will that be on Facebook? Yes, it will be posted on my Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. So people can go on your go on Facebook and look for Frank Hewitt and uh, 
and uh, find the 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 uh, the walk. It won't be a live thing, will it? Or well, when I do my walk, oh yeah, it'll be no. It will be just all taped as I go through and posting it as I walk along. Ah, okay. But it'll all be on there. Though they they can also get onto the donation page through my Facebook page as well. All right, that's good to know. Terrific. Is there any is there anything else that I should be asking? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> Lots of people I make the statement that why would I support a, a, an American company or an American organization doing this? One thing I would like to remind them is that these dogs don't know the difference between American and Canadian. They're here to help. Just yeah. like the rest of us should be. Yes. Don't worry about where you're from or who you are. Their job is to assist. And that's it. All right. That sounds good. Well, I think that's a, a great idea. And uh, we definitely have to help each other during this uh, during COVID-19 thing that's happening, don't we? Yes, we do. Yeah. Well, all the best of uh, luck with uh, the walk on June 5th. Now, that's a Saturday, isn't it? That is a Saturday, yes. Yeah, okay. And uh, I, I happen to know that you're the incoming uh, president of the East Peterborough Lions Club, which will take over that position officially on uh, July 1st. So uh, sure. good luck with that as well. Thank you very much, Evan. From what I can gather, that Walk for Leader Dogs for the Blind is the only special event that will be taking place during this coming week, May 30th to June 6th, which is National Accessibility Week. So that's National Access, A-C-C-E-S-S, all one word, capital A-B-I-L-I-T-Y, Accessibility Week. And uh, it's a time to think about how accessible our communities are, or if they are, or what changes could be made to make them more accessible. Last year, at about this time, the uh, murder of George Floyd took place, and that completely overshadowed any news about accessibility of any kind. So I'm hoping this year it will get a little bit more Notice. The one thing that's kind of marring the week is that this is the week that the city of Peterborough has decided to start to make way for patios, outdoor patios. And I know people are looking forward to that sort of thing, but I have heard from a friend of mine that uh, it is making, getting around using a wheelchair very, very difficult. So uh, do be careful uh, when you're out there. Have yourself a wonderful week.
Thank you so much for listening, and I do hope that you can be with us again next week. Until then, bye for now. <laughs>